Hi, and welcome to the Couch Holes Podcast. I'm your host, Molly Summeridge, and I'm so excited to be presenting this to you today. Um, our podcasts have been a project that I've been trying to work on for quite some time, and I'm so excited to release our first one to you. Today's topic is on bad dog training advice, and my guests are Katie Brennan and Caitlin Pushkosh. Um, both of them are amazing trainers. They're agility instructors. Katie herself you'll be familiar with from the normal Couch Wolves faculty. And Caitlin is a friend of ours, a fan of ours. She's actually one of my instructors. And she's just got some fantastic ideas and some really grounded um, opinions when it comes to training and especially the competition experience. So before we get started, I just want you guys to be aware that this conversation we had went on for close to two hours. So I've, of course, had to edit that down um, for your listening pleasure. But um, we will return to this topic many times because, well, as we all know, there's a lot of bad dog training advice out there, especially when it comes to primitive dogs. So sit back, enjoy our conversation, and if you have any thoughts, any questions, don't hesitate to hop on over to the couchwolves.com forum and chat with us. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to have more ideas for podcasts and guests and topics. And of course, we just always love to hear from our community. So without further ado, let's chat. One of the, one of the struggles with primitive dogs and questionable dog training methods is that with primitive dogs come a lot of old mythological old wives tale ideas because we have really old dogs and some ideas just don't want to die. Um, and to go along with that, some of the ideas that primitive dogs are more stubborn or more self-interested sometimes makes people think they have permission then to, um, probably be a little bit more creative or traditional or maybe even forceful. Um, just good information can be hard to find when you can find everything on the internet. I feel like dog training is one step down from WebMDing what's wrong with you. I mean, <laughs> come on. Is it stage four cancer? <laughs> Pretty sure it's stage four oh, cancer. Mm-hmm. I should also start off by saying um, everybody here talking is a professional dog trainer. I specialize in behavior cases including aggression, fear, reactivity, um, and early adolescent socialization, and dog sport behavior. Um, Katie also specializes in dog sport behavior. Uh, she's also an agility instructor and a nose work instructor and nose work judge. So she certainly gets involved with all this stuff. And then Caitlin, Caitlin's my agility instructor. <laughs> and I, I think she's a pretty talented trainer herself. So what's cool is that, I mean, I've been doing this for well over 10 years. Katie, how long have you been involved in the field? Uh, seven, eight. Seven, eight. And then Caitlin, how long have you been in the field? Um, well, before this, it was training horses. So in type of some type of motivational training, probably like my whole life. But like just dogs. Cause I, I have a, yeah. Um, like eight to 10 years now. Okay. So today we're talking about terrible dog training advice. And that's really not hard to come by. If anything, we're so overwhelmed by that topic when we try and think about it that we can't even come up with an example very easily. However, Caitlin gold star did her homework. Um, <laughs> and actually like took notes and thought about this. Um, whereas the rest of us took some notes. I took some notes. They're all in my brain. I think all in my brain. <laughs> that works. Been bothering me this week, especially just like yeah. things coming up and repeating and just, thinking about it and just like letting it get under my skin. So today was like, Oh, I should um, say one quick thing before we go further. I apologize for the random parrot noises. Um, I'm in a, my office has an office parrot, so he may have an opinion. Um, and Katie's got her cockatiels. They're sometimes quieter opinions than so. It's true. So. Um, all right. So let's get started. So Caitlin, since you did your homework, why don't you share with us one um, bad piece of dog training advice that um, uh, you thought of? We'll start with one of yours. Okay. Um, I think one of the ones that was like kind of weighing on me this week was one that someone brought to my attention. And at first I didn't really think that much into it. And then as I sat back and thought about it, 
I realized just how bad of an idea it really was and how bad of a setup it was for this poor dog that must have sat through this horrible situation and not known what to do with himself. So um, for me, this one is about uh, not allowing your environmentally reactive dog to be completely free in a ring where he's already stressed out. So I had someone approach and had had a dog in class that was visibly upset and decided that the best course of action was to let the dog be loose in a structured class and just let him do whatever he wants and hide in a quarter. So that is what I would like to start with today. Okay. That is driving me nuts all week. Yeah. So I can, so I can think about how maybe somebody might come up with that being a logical response. The animal is stressed. Therefore let's not restrain it. Let's give it freedom of movement. Right. The first thing I at least think of when I hear that is, but if it's the environment that's causing the stress, freedom in the environment probably is not going to empower the animal very much. Counterproductive. <laughs> it's probably, it's probably as counterproductive because I'm assuming there's something in the vicinity that's stressing the animal. Um, as a professional, I would look at that and go, hmm, this is not conducive to a group educational experience for this animal, probably we should get the animal out of the situation. Katie, what do you think? Nope, absolutely, a thousand percent. Um, any animal that's that freaked out that they like cannot be, you know, on a leash or be whatever, be consoled in any way, shape, or form, probably um, should get some one-on-one -on -one help, like immediately from someone who's certified to do behavior work. Um, and then after that, maybe one day return to some group setting. Let's work on like getting near the building. It's <laughs> a good start. Right. Maybe getting in the door and then leaving. <laughs> and then getting in the door again and then leaving, you know. Mm -hmm. um, especially if, you know, it's it's one thing to, I think, let an animal explore their environment if they're a little sensitive. But it's another thing if the animal cannot handle anything and literally shuts down in a corner um, That's just, that's, you're literally making an animal kind of suffer for about how long the class is an hour I'm assuming um and that's that's just not really cool so yeah that's, that's a good point so Caitlin so you came up with a question I just figured we'll go round table and then we'll have you get your thoughts so what what were your thoughts on one how the behavior is inappropriate and maybe how to address it so one of the things that I thought about, because I've had similar situations where I've had a stressed out dog, probably not to the level of letting it escalate to the point of the dog hiding in the corner, because I try to address those issues a little bit quicker and see if there's any type of solution that we could come up with in the class. And if there's not, then tell them, you know, we're going to have to do this another time and after class and let the dog de-stress and not be in the environment any longer. So one of the things that we could do that I thought was something I've tried before and it seems to have worked, it depends on the dog and the situation, how stressed the animal is, is but to actually give the dog a little sense of security by letting remove from the area, reset, coming back into the area, except coming to a gated off section just for that dog to have its own little space with a simpler activity, something that the dog can like really win at and then get a positive atmosphere. And then it's not this giant scary place overall the building. Maybe he can get control of his surroundings by being in that small area. Um, not always the best situation for every type of situation. You know, if the dog's completely shutting down, that would not work, of course. But if you have a little mild, stressy behavior, not sure, you know, anxious is coming out by like, you know, chasing the tail or too much, just can't focus. That might be something that'd be a, sim a more simple solution to, you know, get the dog to succeed at something first. And then if really not coming around, then that's when I would say, yeah, definitely time to you know, let's be outside the building and see if we can get the dog happy just entering the building, just like Katie said, doing repetitions of that, having a big party and letting the dog succeed at something. So he leaves on a positive note, not leaves all stressed out. No, I think that's all really great advice. Um, something that we could also probably consider in that as well is that we're talking about pretty extreme signs of what we call negative affect, um, yep. you know, symptoms of stress, discomfort, anxiety. And like you said, if the dog's already that far along, it's probably not a whole lot we can do. Um, from a behavior consulting standpoint, you know, we can think about the fact that the dog's already filled with adrenaline, the dog's already filled with cortisol, and that's going to inhibit learning and that's going to get in the way of having um, a positive affect experience anyway. 
Um, so, I mean, I've had plenty of conversations with owners where I'm like, hey, you know, I know you want to have a great experience with your dog today. I'm not sure we can get that right now. If the weather is appropriate, it's not too hot, let's put them in the car. If they feel safe in the car, um, you know, how can we salvage the experience for the animal? while again still teaching a group class curriculum, which I know a lot of trainers struggle with because they've got material they have to cover um, as best as possible. But, you know, and I just had this conversation today with another colleague of mine. It is still the responsibility of the teacher to ensure that the learner has a good experience. The owner doesn't know how to do that. They don't. Even I don't care how experienced they are. Um, you know, they don't know the lesson plan. So I thought, yeah, I thought that was a great great example. Um, I'm going to actually jump in with one that plays right off of it. Um, <laughs> oh my God, you guys look so excited on my video. Um, so one of the myths that drives me crazy that I hear probably at least a couple times a month is, well, don't support the animal when they're afraid because you're reinforcing fear. And I want to say that's not how the brain works, um, but nice try. Um, you cannot reinforce fear by giving comfort and relief. That's not how that works. Um, the emotional part of the brain and the associative learning side of the brain are two different parts of the brain. Um, so when you take an animal and say, oh, let's have you have an associative experience, they have to be calm enough to have one. So if they're already stressed and they're already scared, they're not making cognitive associations. They're not saying, oh, you hug me in a thunderstorm. No, they're experiencing oxytocin. They're experiencing hormones that help soothe them. You are helping them. You're not somehow giving them permission to be afraid. You're not giving them um, somehow uh, a validation or, yes, this is scary and therefore you should be afraid. They're afraid. It, it, your validation doesn't matter to them. Um, yes, there is sometimes when asking an animal to try, or even a human, humans are animals, um, trying to have that individual work through the issue can, you know, create a positive outcome. But we can't mistake what we call learned helplessness as comfort and solace and and you know getting over the issue and that happens way too often i think because owners don't know i don't expect owners to know right by frost but i do expect um professionals to know this and there are many professionals that say oh the animal doesn't like this force them to get through it okay see they're okay because they're not showing fear symptoms anymore um so we can move on when actually the animal may have been traumatized by the experience. Not always, but may. But regardless, I don't think that's the ethical way to do it, you know. So I guess anyone listening to this podcast, I give you permission to support your animal when they're afraid. <laughs> oh my gosh, please. Yeah. Yes. What are I mean, your guys' thoughts? People, no, I, oh my God, it drives me nuts. Um, no, I mean, so many people, you know, really, truly, and myself, when I first got my dog, like, I thought the same. You ignore them when they're afraid and, you know, cause otherwise you are reinforcing it. And I just, you know, luckily, luckily it didn't take me long to sort of realize how untrue that is. Um, when my ignoring still didn't do anything, but Oh look, if I invite them up on the couch with me, they're a little bit calmer, but like they're okay. Like they're getting it, you know? And, um, I use this example, you know, all the time. You know, Bubbles is petrified of fireworks. Oh, my God. So, 4th of July, she's my snuggle buddy. We hang out. I carry her around like a baby. She's cool. cool. Way better than her shaking in a corner. Where, meanwhile, she's calm in my arms. Like, it's like, how does this not make sense, you know? Um, and it could also be, too, the point was brought up on, uh, you know, around 4th of July, obviously, one post about dogs and fireworks and stuff. And, um... The point was brought up on a friend's post about it who was saying what we're saying. Um, pretty much, you know, saying that um, these people who say that maybe don't have a dog who's scared. They really maybe don't. Um, these trainers, professionals, in quotes, that are saying this really maybe don't. They don't know what it's like to have a dog petrified out of their minds, cannot be consoled by anything, you know, and then... You know, they just don't know. They don't know what it's like. So, 
They also don't live in my neighborhood where it's 4th of July for the whole summer. So, like, you know, and the other part of it kind of goes into the whole realm of sports. So, and I get, um, I get it that there are sometimes we can't predict exactly what our dog is going to do. I was having this conversation, was it with you, Caitlin? Might have been with you, where it was like when I would go to the ring with Kima, like an agility trial, I didn't know what dog I was getting that day. I yeah. don't. I could get the dog, even at a place she's been a thousand times, I could get the dog that is awesome, run her heart out, super happy. I could get the dog that's stressy and a little bit shut down. Sometimes I really didn't know until I stepped on that line. Um, and most of the time I got the happy dog, but there were times I got the stressy. And, you know, the thing that kills me kind of going on this, like, you know, they've got to learn to like it, you know, a little bit of flooding, that kind of thing, is, is the sports. Um, the reason it bothers me in particular is sorry <laughs> we're on a video chat just so you all know so we're you're hearing voice but we're seeing each other's faces and caitlin just made the most interesting face that i've ever seen <laughs> i'm trying to figure out what she's doing she's also I'm muted sorry. there's something going on is there is there somebody like invading your house right now hopefully it's, i don't all of a sudden it was like a bunch of banging noises so i don't know if jesse's throwing the chuck it for the dogs or what but it sounds like thunder in my bedroom Oh, do you do you have a ghost? Weird. I, I don't know. I'm yelling at the top of my lungs, and he's not answering me. So, oh. probably eating. <laughs> the dogs are doing what they want, and he's eating. Probably. He's probably fucking <laughs> the chuck it ball, which is like super heavy, and I have hard, I have 1920s hardwood floors, so they're like real ancient. Oh, so it's like literally like yeah, gonna make a lot. No, I can appreciate that. No, I mean, and this is why I'm excited to produce a podcast for Couch Holes because. You know, most of our audience gets are usually carefully thought out comments on posts and blogs, and it's been edited and drafted, and, you know, sometimes I get candid, but not, you know, in our live videos, we're candid. Um, but this is this is what our conversations, to a certain extent, sound like. I mean, there's probably a little more swear words, but I'd like to avoid the explicit content label if I can if I can help it. If we fail at that, that's totally okay. Um explicit rating on that, so sorry, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, okay anyway, sorry. Just had to clear up what was happening in Caitlin's world for <laughs> I was like I was like, huh? Um but anyway, so yeah, so the reason you know the reason I bring it up involving dog sports is it is literally a sport. It is literally a sport you do with your dog. You know, it's it's literally like they don't need to do it. They really, they don't need to do it. They can love it. Don't get me wrong. I mean, our do- I mean, Molly sees it with her singer doing nose work. Kaylin, you see it with both your girls in agility. You know, um, I see it with Yari in nose work and Sonia obviously with almost anything because the dog is just a good dog. But um, but you know, you you see them light up when they do certain things. But then there's other times when the dog really doesn't want to stick and want to do it. Um, and that's what drives me up a wall is, and again, there's one thing between, okay, you know, Kima had a bad day for whatever reason, something set her off, something got her, a noise happened because she's a little noise sensitive, whatever it was, it was just not a good agility day for us. And then there's the, we're going to keep doing it until you do it. Right. There's difference. And I don't judge people like on a trial day, I'm not going to judge someone because their dog might've had a moment. Like, I don't know. Um, their dogs. Exactly. They're not robots. But, you know, the difference is when we as as owners and trainers of our students recognize, you know, that there is a problem bigger than the random off day. Um, and that it, it literally I, I it just it kills me. It kills me. And there was one, um, you know, person and Molly knows this, but and so I'm not going to go into super detail, but. You know, and they, they try and try and try, and they're at trial after trial. Like, every weekend they're trialing, and I'm like, the dog doesn't like it. The dog is compliant. The dog doesn't like it. And, you know, there was one, um, a still shot of the dog, uh, I think, jumping, like jumping kind of vertical. And to, to, the, to the person, they said, wow, like, look how excited she is. She knows she did a good job. And to me and Molly, because we, again, have seen this person multiple times. It's not like a one-time judgy thing. It's like, Molly knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> Molly knows. Molly knows. And Caitlin will know soon and we'll tell her. <laughs> um, eventually. Um, 
you know, to me and Molly, we go, oh my God, that dog is like, please get me out. Please get me out. Because I think the judge was approaching at that point or something like that. Mm-hmm. I think there's a judge in the background. Um, the saddest part is that we, you and I are talking about a specific in- instance, but anyone listening to this who competes with their dog is going to think we're talking about something they've experienced that's in a part of the country you've never even been to because this know, isn't no, rare. No, and, and again... You know, we're not going to give super specifics about things. We're not that awful. But, um, you know, and again, we get it. People have off days. Dogs have off days. I mean, Fred, mm-hmm. we're like, I, like, what do I, what do I have that's barking right there? They're finkies. Okay. People like their job is to keep me humble. Um, and, and a little bit insane. Um, and well exercised. <laughs> that's their job. Um, but you know, it, it's just time after time. It's like, okay, like give the dog a rest. You know, Caitlin's dealing with something a little bit similar, but with trying to help someone see that they need to give their dog a rest. Like it is time. They are good. (laughs) Like dog no likey anymore. Well, you Um, bring up a good point, which is if you're, if it's broken, you can't fix it at a trial. You can't, you cannot fix it at a trial. It's, it's, it's broken. Take it back to the shop to fix it. You're not going to fix a broken car on the side of the road. You're not going to fix your dog ringside or in the parking lot, you know, when it's your turn. Absolutely not. And it's okay. I mean, I, there have been times when I've been like, uh, before I even really start, I'm like, yeah, judge, we're done. We're, we're good. Mm-hmm. Like I'll start chemo and an agility and like just wrong course, wrong course and get off. <laughs> I've done it. <laughs> Yari. In an obedience thing, I went, okay, um, yeah, judge was like, you can keep going. I was like, no, we're good. We're good. Thank you, though. No, yeah. it's true. I walked into a nose work, and my dog just walked over all the speed boxes and PhD, and I said, judge, where's the odor? I need yeah. to know right now. I need to reinforce this. I need to support my dog. I also enqueued myself at a trial once in obedience because my dog was about to leave the ring. And yet somehow we were still qualifying. I don't even understand how that was possible. And I walked over to my dog and I started petting him and like really giving him support. And the judge screamed at me and said, what did you do? You enqueued yourself. You were just about to qualify. And I said, yes, judge, but I need him to qualify again next time. Yeah. I didn't care. I went to the car and cried because I got screamed at by the judge. But I chose my animal over the little green ribbon. Yeah. And I like green ribbons. I don't take it from her or pick it up for her because if you beat her to it, then she's going to have the full on panic of where did my ribbon go? Um, you know, like, you're trying to shove it in her face. She wins a big title and she just is like, Oh, not I even agree. I just want my green, man. I, I don't even yeah, green. You get, I will take all my greens. I will take all my little Q ribbons. Mm, you're not, it's only play. I'll take them all. I don't even care. I'll take I'll take yours. You want to give it to me? <laughs> I still have some like under my car seats. Like they're. I, I was gonna say, um, mine from the rally trial. Now what? Two weeks ago is still on my passenger seat. <laughs> oh no! I rode on mine. I organized them. I hung new ones up. Oh no, guys! I'm... Well, don't get me wrong. I am grateful for every cue. It's yeah, just absolutely. once you once you run trials and you're up to your eyeballs and ribbons and you get that invoice. It takes some of the magic away. I'm just, I'm oh, just, you do I'm just get saying the invoice. That's true. Yes, I, I do know how much that 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 ribbon. And I mean, it's not like it's sitting there. Like, this is how much that ribbon costs. I don't care. I'm actually really happy that people uh, love our ribbons at our trials. Um, even though we've gone completely off topic. But I will say, um, I have an entire wall here in my office that is literally plastered. And I'm just being literally in a figurative language use. I mean, I taped. Q ribbons and my title ribbons and my a bunch of placements. I still have a tub with enough to do two more walls. I just don't have that much wall space in my office. Um, so I do love them because, you know, it, 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 it honors what we've accomplished. And especially, I only have primitive dogs. And not to say that my journey is any harder, but, well, maybe my literal journey. Right, Mr. Face? <laughs> um but, you know, we, we were all in it for a reason, and that's, you know, it, it's our reminder. But anyway, I just want to jump back to the whole thing about reinforcing fear. And I don't mean, Kate, if you want to jump back in, go ahead, but I want to make sure Caitlin got a chance to put in her two cents on that one. That's pretty much good. Yeah. Uh, it's actually a great topic because there's something that um, 
I kind of experienced at the last trial I was at that was really bothersome. And it's just like, it's something I haven't really talked about much. I don't think with either of you at all, because it just was something that I had to like come to terms with because it's a, it's a personal friend um, before I could really like express about it. And I'm not going to go into detail, but um, this person has a dog that literally gives its all towards a sport, just everything, everything. And it's a dog that I've had the opportunity to uh, run myself before and to see the amount that the dog really gives. And it's, it's not for the love of the sport. It's definitely for the love of just like, I love being with you and doing this game. And this is, yeah. like, this is our game together. And um, which is a really, really magical experience. And you have a dog that really like just loves that experience that much. Um, and this dog at this point is sh completely shut down and refusing to run for anybody. Um, and Aww. is literally entering the ring and rolling over on, on her back and not, not mo moving again. And it's a really, really horrible thing to see. And it's a lot of pressure being put on and it seems to be, instead of being handled, like, you know, take some time, let the dog make the choice and, and, and calm down a little bit. It's been, well, there must be something else. There must be another reason. It must be medical. It must be something's broken, something's out of place, something's bothering me. And it's not just look at the signs and look at what the dog is showing you. Yeah. Uh, and that's, and that's really, really sad to see. And especially like a dog that I, I, I personally know. And then as Katie was bringing up before, you know, there's a situation that, you know, I have a couple dogs that uh, I personally have, have run as well. And they, one likes it some days and other days doesn't. And the other one just really doesn't want to do it. And it's a conversation that's had to be had with an owner. And, you know, those conversations are hard, but, you know, as a trainer and as someone who, who really dedicates their time to the dog, it's, if it's not in the dog's best interest, there's nothing that you can say, do beg, borrow, plead money, no matter what, that's going to force me into then going forward with that type of situation. So tough conversations have to be had and, you know, it's about the dog in the end. The dog doesn't want to be there. Dog doesn't want to do it. Why? What's, what are you succeeding at? Right. Oh my gosh, so much amen. I mean, Katie hears me say this at least five times a month, and that's that a dog is not a piece of sport equipment. It's not. And I know way too many animals that are treated in a way where, and I mean, maybe this is the dark side of dog sports. You know, we promote this in couchwolves.com all the time. It's like, oh, do more with your dog, go do sports, go have fun. And there's a lot of people who are afraid to compete because they're not competitive. And then there's the people who find that competition is fun and then they get into competition for the sake of competition and then their dog stops being their companion and starts becoming their sporting equipment. And it's, it's, it's like getting the new shiny tennis racket or the best running shoes. It's let me get this breed to do this sport and we yeah. forget there's an individual inside that fuzzy body and maybe that individual isn't cut out to do that sport or maybe their personality and their temperament is not your forte. And so you don't know how to help that individual enjoy what you're asking them to do. So there's, there's a lot of complicated elements that go into this and it's really easy sort of to get sidetracked um, again in the, in the shiny ribbons and the titles and all of that, which we love and going home and hugging our dog and, I give so much credit to you, Caitlin, and to you, Katie, and even to myself, not to toot my own horn for those days when we say, nope, not today, and I still love you, and I'm going to go train you, and we're going to go, we're going to go do something else for a while. I mean, gosh, I give Katie so much credit because some of her dogs have had to end their careers early, and Katie's like, let's go find a game you can go play, and I almost want to cry over those because I'm just like... Katie gets it. She's like, as much as Katie's got huge aspirations for her sports, some of her dogs are just not going to do that. That's not their road. And Katie's like, nope, I love you all the same, and we're just going to go do fun stuff over here. Well, and that's what kind of what Caitlin's saying about, you know, having a conversation with an owner, a tough conversation. Yeah. And it happens to us as trainers, but it also happens to us uh, well, as friends, too, right? Friends, yeah. 
talk to yourself. That's true. But it happens with yourself. Like, you've got to, like, I've had to do it. I had to do it, and it sucked. But it's like, you know, it has to happen. You know, chemo's was more cut and dry because it was a physical, well, mm-hmm. physical. You are, too. So that, well, yeah, he was not cut and dry because he was so good. So it just killed me. But it's fine, you know, because now we play in the yard. And he's, like, so pumped about life. We'll play in the ring sometimes. Um, and he's and he's a nose work fiend. Oh, my God. And that's the thing. We found, I mean, you know, him and Journey found their stinking calling, man. Like, they're going to, like, hopefully legitimately help people. Like, yeah. actually, like, yeah. So cool. But without, but honestly, without him not doing agility, like, I may have not done it. Like, it, you know, I went up on that path. So it's like, it all happens for a reason, man. It's me. <laughs> um, it does. And it's, it's amazing how things work out like that. Um, but yeah. And the other thing, you know, the other thing that, that gets me too is, and it, you know, everybody grows in different ways and whatever. And as we, as we learn dogs and we learn sports and, you know, things change, but you know, as I've learned my full-time gig, um, you know, there are days I just come home and I'm like, you guys are cool. I don't care what you're doing. Bubby's yelling right now. She's been yelling the whole time that we've been on this thing because she knows I'm in with the birds and the birds are making more noise than usual because I'm in here. I don't even care. She's cool, man. She does what she wants because the things that I unfortunately have to see in my job, I'm like, no, no, we're good. You guys are, you're healthy. We're, well, chemo, but we're managed. Um, we're cool. We got this. You know, like, you can yell at me and you do what, you guys, you do what you want, man. I don't even care anymore. You know, because I'm just like, it's too, it's too short. Mm-hmm. The time we have with our dogs is too short. The time sometimes we have in our sport is too short based on whatever, you know. So it's just like, man, we have fun. You do what you want. And obviously, like, shameless plug for four of scent dogs, pretty much every judge's briefing ends with, like, have fun with your dogs. There's never enough time. Like, and it's, oh, it's so cool. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, and it's so important. And it's something that needs to be said, I think, more often than than it is. It's just, and it's so important. And it's something that needs to be said, I think, more often than than it is. Hey, everybody. First, I just want to thank you all for listening to the Couch Wolves podcast. We're not done yet, but I want to give you an opportunity to take a quick break if you need to step away. Um, also want to mention that, yes, um, we know that we sort of ran off on some competition-based tangents, and that'll happen when you put three competition sports dog competitors slash instructors, well, in a video chat together. So, yes, it's to be expected. But um, our podcast will continue after the short message. And, you know, we're grateful if you can keep listening and, and give us some feedback and your thoughts. And, of course, um, we look forward to having you listening to more of our podcasts in the future. So without further ado, let's head back to the conversation. I should take responsibility of the fact that my dog's progress with anything, sports, manners, reactivity, is my responsibility. It's not just my dog's ability, because that's what we're talking about is, you know, a dog's ability and, you know, sort of playing back into reinforcing fear, um, I have to take responsibility for my actions and how those correspond to my dog's experience. So if I'm not practicing dealing with the reactivity in my Tibetan Mastiff, that's on me. If I'm not working on Saga's teeter and she's not getting her titles, that's on me. If, you know, of course there's Journey. Journey breaks the rule because I don't train Journey. (laughs) He just does nose work. Um, so part of the problem is I have highly reinforcing dogs that let me cheat sometimes, but I think that's what a lot of the people in the primitive dog community don't realize because they haven't figured out how to quite unlock that. And I mean, here we are like a half hour into this podcast and I, and I'm sort of going to plug here the fact that, you know, owners don't necessarily take classes with their primitive dogs because they think what they see is what they get. But your primitive dog is kind of a Pandora's box. You can open it and get horrible things, but you can also open it and find the most amazing chunk of hope. And, like, it's not even just hope I'm looking for, but, like, opportunity. Like, it's just, there's just something really special in there in, in how raw and honest they are. And I, I like to joke, my dogs are like a mirror. You you get out what you put in. So, 
you know, my dogs will absolutely tell me when I'm a sloppy, crummy trainer or I'm not being caring or I'm being lazy or I'm being rushed or I'm being rude. They're going to give it right back to me. Oh my God. Like Saga, if I ever raise my voice to her, she like gives me this whale eye and does this tooth flash and my other dogs just don't care. So it's just, you know, I don't scream at my dogs, but once in a while I'll say, knock it off. And she'll just give me this look like you did not just do that. And I'm like, you know what? Thank you for the self check. That was really inappropriate. (laughs) So, I mean, they are, I mean, everyone listening knows this. They are something, something special. No, and they're, I mean, you know, you guys have seen my dogs. They're, they're workaholics. Like, they literally <laughs> are. Like, they're like, what can we do? And, and I mean, and they're, they're smart. They know what's in it for them because I tell them from the get-go what's in it for them. There's no hiding or secrets. Like, they're like, hey, what can we do to get the food that you've got? Let's do all these things. And, you know, hopefully you'll give it to me. You know, like, they, like, they want to work. Like, it's unbelievable. I mean, the reason Yari knows so many tricks is because he needs to do something with a little brain or I'm going to go nuts. Um, so, it, you know, it's kind of like, you know, for the primitives, yeah, like uh, training is just, oh my God, it's just, it's amazing. And it's funny too, because any, any, you know, obviously Finkies are, you know, my, my bag, but any Finky person I've talked to who does do training with their dogs to a degree and who is like, you know, wants to keep doing it, like, they're almost like amazed at like once they start working with them, like how much they give back and how eager they are to, to learn and work. It's like really, it's really simple. Um, yeah. Anyway, sorry, we got so sidetracked. Do you want to go back? <laughs> no, no, I think we're good. So yeah. So Kate, so now we'll get back on Caitlin again, but no, Caitlin, <laughs> you can't duck out and pretend you don't, you don't have any authority here cause you do, but thank you for being humble. No, I, you know, it's been nice to get to know that experience of the primitive breed because it is a very different experience um, working with them and just seeing the recognition when they do learn something and the light bulb goes off mm-hmm. and the, the excitement that you really see in their eyes. You know, you don't see in all the dogs. Like some of them, they get things super quick. But when you watch a primitive breed actually figure those puzzles out and succeed, it really is a cool experience. And um, I'm very fortunate enough to, you know, know your guys' dogs. I know, you know, and I and even have some of the couch with people are starting to reach out for classes and um yeah. you know, i've been fortunate enough to uh yeah work with uh basenji uh that i'm just like madly in love with <laughs> right now who is just you know she is the dog oh we lost caitlin for a second we'll get her back in a second and find out all the good things about the basenji hang on a second caitlin say that again because we lost you for half a second what about Ooh. this amazing basenji uh, just that, um, you know, she's, she's something I've been fortunate enough to, that she chooses to actually like work alongside me and in a partnership. And it's a really cool experience for not having been my own dog or seen this dog grow up. And she's, she, I mean, she's just freaking fantastic. I think she's just amazing, an amazing little dog, but she really, um, to see that like little light in her eye and she goes, okay, we can do this together. Like we can be a team for this. It's it's a cool experience for a primitive. It's a very different experience versus my pig is like, okay, I'm going to go stand on the bottom of the dog walk, even though I've had two ACL repairs and I don't do agility, but I'm going to sit here until you tell me to do something because I'm bored. Yeah. That's what couch pig does versus my little special Basenji girl. Who's like, okay, I'll go around this if you go around this with me and you, and you're in connection with me and you're, you work with me at the same time, I have to do it with her. I have to do something to be alongside. With her. That's I really can't cool. Just, you know, That's it's, really it's a, cool. It was really a cool, a cool thing. She really, uh, went outside of our box this last, last lesson. It was a really cool experience to see it for a primitive. Yeah. It was really neat. Yay. No, it's really deep. So, sorry. okay. So I, sh- I shared one and Katie shared one and it's our, sorry, Katie didn't share one is what I was going to say. Cause I don't want, cause we can go all night with this, but I want to be fair to our audience. So we may only get to like one each, but we're definitely going to keep revisiting this topic a few times again of, for those of you who have forgotten even what we were talking about, but the bad dog training advice. Um, I mean, it's also probably, you know, mythology of, of animal behavior and training um, is probably also another way to put it. But Katie, what is one that you had? Uh, don't do this to me. Or do you want to skip you and we could do one of our other ones? Can I, yeah. can I text her one? I can text you. Yeah! Oh yes. my god! This is great! 
Yes, t- text okay. me one. Because I have two more, but I can totally save them for another episode. Well, just, no, just, just, you guys just go. That's no, no, I want, I want you to totally deliver the one Caitlin just cheated and oh, text okay. you one. I'll, I'll do that, I'll do that. That's I think that's fun. fantastic. I'm going to check my phone. It's such primitive dog. <laughs> Oh my god, I'm just like the worst. I'm the worst ever. Did you get it? Ah! <laughs> oh lordy. Yeah. Oh, this is why I love you guys. This is why we all have so much fun here. I'm trying to think of how to. I have a, I have another one if you want a different one. I have, see, I got, I did good today. You all right, so I will I will um bring up one other thing while you guys determine what is your ideal um yeah. last topic for the night. But I, uh, that, in fact, that's perfect. I'm going to jump in and just remind everybody listening um, that we have classes coming. They start August 6th. Registration is open. We have four classes available. Katie's teaching two. I'm teaching two. Uh, you can visit couchholes.com slash classes to see all the details. Uh, auditing spots are unlimited, but we do have a limited number of working spots. Working spots, you get daily feedback um, on your work. And it's the, the progress that our students make in these online classes is just phenomenal. I'm so proud of my students from the last series, and I'm super excited to see what we get to do in this series. So if you haven't checked that out, please visit couchholes.com classes. There'll be a link in the note, show notes. Um, in other news, uh, we will be opening an online store as well coming up in August. You're that now? Look at you. I am going to, well... Because in fairness, it's going to open a week from when everyone can hear this. So, yeah, I might as well announce it now. And I might fail and it'll be late, but it'll all be okay. So, yeah, so online classes launch the 6th. The store will be sometime in the future right around that as well. So um, you'll have to check all that out. And um, I know Katie is playing around with the idea of eventually offering a agility foundations course where you don't need all sorts of fancy equipment so if you're interested definitely give us feedback on our couch wolves community facebook or forum just so that we know you're interested because we want to create programs that you want to be involved with so definitely give us feedback if that's something that you're excited about doing yeah, we want to do it, you know, for you guys, but at the same time, um, I kind of work a lot, so I don't have, like, all the hours in the day to, like, film all of the stuff that you're going to be doing, so, cause, you know, filming and editing and writing a curriculum, and, so it takes a little bit of time, so it's not that I wouldn't mind just doing it and having it for myself, I guess, but, yeah, we, we kind of want to make sure it's a little bit worth it, I guess, that makes sense. Well, yeah, um, we don't want to create something and waste your time, either. I mean, if you guys have other goals we want to satisfy those yay um but yeah agility is awesome and like i said no fancy equipment needed if you have it cool if not i don't really care um it's 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 good but and it's still competition based so like you can still go to class and learn to compete and talk but anyway okay so you ready i am caitlin sent me two really good ones and it's hard to pick one okay so um i think the one that i'm gonna go with um is <laughs> kind of one that in a way is a little bit of you know shameless plug for my impulse control class but um it's kind of like the whole like reinforcing a negative thing that the dog does with another negative okay we get it dogs do stuff we don't like sometimes sometimes we are impulsive as well um have there been times that yeah my dogs don't have to squirrel i mean really they check themselves because they're going after something um but usually mine are in harm so so no it's really thing. but yeah it happens but realistically what i would much rather do is teach my dog how to react to the thing so that they can do it on their own, think for themselves a little bit, it's magic, and then I can reinforce the good behavior, I can reinforce that great decision. Um, does this does this involve mouse traps? <laughs> Literally the exact thing that Caitlin's having. I have had, I, this must be like contagious, because I have now had four people recently bring up using mouse traps in dog training. I don't know where this is being shared, but it's not okay i'm just gonna say this right now guys maybe maybe i'm gonna take heat but using a mouse trap to teach your dog not to touch 
or make contact with something is not okay. I don't care if you like somehow put a box over the mousetrap so the dog can't get hurt. Like there's, like Katie just said, there's better ways to do this in teaching your dog appropriate behaviors, not making your dog afraid of the scenario. But go ahead. Or, that, or just manage, manage. Yeah. Why is management dirty? It's not. Oh my God. Like, okay. You know, <laughs> I'm in a room now with the birds. The birds have a room. The dogs don't come in this room because I don't trust them with the birds. Like I, like it's really easy. It was very black and white and clear to me as to how this was going to work when I adopted three birds. Um, and, and it's great. Like I, it's, I don't under, I have three. I know Caitlin's making fun of me because I have three birds now. Okay. She's supposed to my job. Okay. I, I helped them. You did. No, you I saved did. them. One literally landed on you. You saved her. Sort of, well, she landed on a child at a, at a summer camp, but yeah. Well, same, then you same. really saved her, because that child yeah. could have eaten her or something. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, my birds all have backstories. Very complicated little creatures. Um, but yeah, like, I knew how this was going to work. Like, this this is just what it is. Have there been times that I have brought my dogs into the room while they are on leash, so I can desensitize them to the birds? So if one gets out, they don't immediately go, oh my god! Yeah, yes. The door is open to their room because they're caged while well, not here. And the birds and the dogs hear each other. It's what they do. Like, so they're cool. We got this. Like, it, it's just, it's not a, it's not a mystery. And, and food stuff just drives me up a wall. It's like, I don't need to be, I don't know. It just, I just don't, I don't understand. Granted, I don't have super tall dogs. So like counter surfing. Not the biggest issue in the world. No, my but Tibetan like, Mastiff does not counter surf because he's been trained and managed. And he's, no. he's you know, miniature horse size. Yeah, no, he is. He, he, no, the yeah. one I had a counter surfing problem was a dog sitting dog of a friend. And he. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's right. Real small. That's how this started. Yeah, this is how this started. And he um, boinged. <laughs> boings on two counters he boings like he boinged when i could and then also darted in and actually stole dinner off of my dinner plate which i will have to say i have to admit to it because i've never been licked like that before like i've never <laughs> had a dog come up and been like gotcha and i'm and like i okay i can't even do anything like he was just gone yeah and you know you gotta sit there and go what an amazingly reinforced behavior bravo <laughs> like i couldn't like, there was no reaction time to even laugh. It was just over. <laughs> it was done. It was done. He ate your food. He ate my, he ate my dinner. I was real sad for a moment. Aww. He's super cute. Um, but anyway, but yeah, it's it just... It, and again, I get it. Things happen. If my dog, if it's... If it's I collar pop my dog or my dog lays into another dog and injures him, yeah, I'm a collar pop my dog. Like, I'm not... You know, I'm not that weird in my brain. I'm weird, but not that weird. Like, I'm going to do stuff to make my dog safe. But when it's something I can easily train and help prevent in the first place by giving my dog an alternative behavior or giving them the tools that they need to be able to think things through a little bit before they act, a la impulse control, a la my class people. Take my class. Which uh, I took, and it was awesome. Yay, cats picked up my class. We um, needed a job. <laughs> but yeah, it's you know it it just it just makes it makes so much more sense and it, it really does help. Like it helps with day to day life. Like as, you know, speaking of someone who actually took Katie's curb the urge class and like I've done impulse control at home and I was like you know I really haven't revisited this in a long time and Couch Pig is bored because she <laughs> had a repair and is like going a little stir crazy and I felt bad and you know what she loved the class and she loved being able to learn and it really did you know work into our daily walks I saw a difference and you know feeding in the morning I saw a difference and it was behaviors that had nothing to do with the actual course like the actual skills itself but the overall what they learned it came out multiple times over. So it was a really good course. And, it, it, you know, it doesn't matter if you're a trainer and you teach the stuff yourself. A refresher is always good and you could always learn more. And that's, that's the one thing that I love, love about dogs. There's never, 
There's never, there's never an end. There's never an end. Exactly. It's always an open window here or a corridor or a freaking vent for some dogs, but you know yeah. what? We're going to find them. And that's what I love about yeah. it. I, I have to throw a quick little plug too in cause you guys haven't taken my new class cause I haven't released it oh, yet. But so the cool thing about captivating connections is it does something similar. Um, and definitely when you mix it with, with curb the urge, Oh my gosh. Cause the skills when they overlap are amazing. But that's just it is when a dog realizes the consequences of their actions may be something valuable to them yeah. from you, it just, it changes the whole equation. So in Captivating Connections, we teach the dog that when they choose engagement over anything else, amazing things happen. And the dog's just like, oh, so in lieu of doing all these things that maybe I get something, maybe I don't. Um, and I might get in trouble or I might like fall off a table or something stupid in the process. Dog goes, wait, I just have to do this other cool thing and amazing stuff happens. Oh, I vote for that. So, I mean, that's the cool thing about primitive dogs is they, you know, I tell a lot of clients when I go to their house, they're little stockbrokers. They're sitting there weighing the pros and the cons, the buy and the sell of every single action they're going to partake in. They're only going to do things that are in their favor they're very self-interested that way i mean that's why some people affectionately call them little fuzzy sociopaths i'm okay with this i'm okay with this because i understand it and i absolutely can just make it work in my favor if my dogs know that putting in effort equals great things for them they do it all my dogs when they go potty they come inside they all run in their crates not because i force them to not because i yell go in your crates because they all run in their crates try and stand there and I can ta- be on the phone and take five minutes to hand out their cookies. They don't care. They're like, I'm in my crate. I'm waiting for my cookie. Like, this is no brainer here. I-, I like the outcome of what's happening. Versus, oh, there's a bag of cookies on the counter and mom's on the phone with her back turned. Let me steal the whole bag of cookies. No, they wouldn't even think of that anymore because they know the road to the things they want. Versus beg, borrow, steal, be a street dog to get them. No, and Molly, what you said exactly is it. Like, they don't even think about doing it anymore. Like, yeah. they, just, they just don't. Like, and that's, you know, that's the beauty of, of, you know, they're using their intelligence to help them. Like, dogs are smart. Any type of dog is smart. Um, whether, however how they show it might be a little mm-hmm. different, but they are. Um, and, you know, it's, it's unbelievable what you get when you take the time and it doesn't have to be a whole lot of time um, to, you know, to put some of that, you know, money in the sock or whatever like that. And that way, you know, if you have to take some out, so say, you know, you make a mistake and you leave like a piece of pizza on the coffee table, you know what I mean? Where you're like, oh, I probably shouldn't have done that. That was probably a bad idea. If your dogs have been reinforced for, you know, leaving the stuff or controlling, you know, what they want to do, controlling their impulses a little bit, you know, you'll come back and probably see that pizza just there. It might be looking at you like, why did you leave this here? Like mine do. Mm -hmm. Um, Sonia will have drool running down her little face. They think it's proofing. They're like, oh, this was training. This was training. We're going to get such an amazing jackpot for doing this right. Oh my God. And you better believe that. Yeah, I probably will give them some pizza crust when I'm done. Like, I don't care, you know, or so our instructor calls them pizza bones. And that's, and, and that's just, it, and the, the thing about it too, is it teaches a dog to think in general, which is like so important. I mean, you know, we all might be nuts because we do the dog sports and we're so involved in training. And, um, but at the same time, like, you know, we all like dogs that think I want my dogs to think I want my dogs to, if I'm doing a bad job, like they're going to tell me except Sonia. But, but, um, and Kima, when she, when she was happy running agility, that dog would make up for every handling mistake I made because she was just that nice. But, you know, again, I put a ton of money in the bank (laughs) so I could take some withdrawals every now and again, and we'd still be cool, you know, and then the next time I put more money in. So, you know, it's kind of about that. Um, like, I mean, like Caitlin alluded to too, like that partnership, that relationship that like, we're in this together, man, like, let's do it. Um, Yeah. And I feel like that's what a lot of people, that's what a lot of people miss. Um, and you know, and it's fine too, if you don't want to put in that time, Hey, I'm bringing in groceries from my car. My front door's open. I have taught my dogs not to door bolt. Mm -hmm. That is very important to me. 
Um, so cool. We got that going. All right. I'm bringing in cases of water. And obviously, because that's what you do, you load like 17 bags on each arm. Yep. 100%. CrossFit, so I can do things like that. Um, I don't do we, CrossFit and I do that. That is my CrossFit. Yeah. That That's well, it. it. used to be, used to make me sore, Molly. Okay, now I'm good. <laughs> CrossFit helps. But, um, but yeah, now it's, you know, and then I'm coming in with other stuff and I don't want my dogs sore bolting. So yes, I will spend time on that. Also, on the other end of things, you know, I used to teach, I'm, I'm a cellist too. I don't do that much anymore, but I used to. I would teach cello lessons in my house. Like, so people would come to my house and my dogs would have to be okay. So management, I put them in crates in the same room I'm teaching, by the way. So they were actually like, could be good dogs sometimes. Um, I give them bully sticks. They're fine. They're like, okay, this is cool. Great. That person comes, we go in the crate because I love going in the crates because they're wackadoodles. Um, and we get bully sticks and this is happiness, you know? So it's like, you know, you can, you can make things work. Um, and not everyone's solution is going to be the solution that's right, you know, for you. Cause everyone lives a little differently. I don't know. You know, I live weird. Doesn't mean, you know, Caitlin lives as weird or well, Molly, you might be about the same weirdness. I don't know. <laughs> Do we have a metric for this? Like, does a metric <laughs> exist? <laughs> cause, cause there were, Hmm. Things for a PhD. Yeah. Yeah. How weird are you of a dog person? But yeah, that's what I mean. And and so it just, to me, you know, again, when safety is an issue and something in the moment, okay, like, yeah, my dog might get the, to the end of their harness. They might get to the end of their collar. I might be, you know, again, my dogs, luckily, I don't put them in situations like that, but my dog was going after another dog. Yeah, I'm going to try and get them off. I'm, you know what I mean? I'm going to do what I can, even after each other. Luckily, again, you were pretty good. But you know, when safety is a concern, that's that's different when it's a one-time emergency type of deal. But just general day-to-day, -day, it's like, man, just like, you know, either teach the dog what you want them to do in this scenario or just manage it because it's okay. Whatever you want to do. I don't know. Just kind of, you know, yes, that's a good one. Yeah, I went on a spiel. Happy now? <laughs> no, I think it's brilliant. Caitlin, let's hear your thoughts. Should we come back? Katie, so, so we'll rewind for a second. So we were talking about um, using a scary, stressful, surprising deterrent, and everyone's going to have their own opinion about what method is painful, stressful, or fear-inducing, because we all have different opinions on animal ethics. Um, yeah. I have a very strong welfare concern at this point in my career because of my academic background. Um, so not everybody listening is going to agree with me, but we use the example of mouse traps to deter a behavior, um, in lieu of management and, or teaching a new, uh, uh, a hopefully incompatible behavior. Yeah. Right, right. Um, I see, I teach a lot of, um, uh, puppy beginner classes and a lot of them is like, you know, the deterrent of, okay, well, I'm going to jerk my dog back every time and I'm going to correct every behavior and I'm going to say the word no 150 million <laughs> times until my ha trainer's head pops off. Which yeah. is probably, I think one of my biggest pet peeves. I'm like, please, please just stop repeating the same word over and over again. I don't, that doesn't teach the dog anything. No, yes, their name. If you just say the word over and over and over again, I'm sorry, but my dogs do it now. If I accidentally find myself, like, I have a headache for some reason, I guess I repeat myself. If I find myself repeating the same thing to my dogs, they're just like, screw you, lady. I don't, I don't, I don't, yeah. like, I don't, I don't want anything. I'm checked out at this point. Like, yeah. you're just repeating the same thing over and over again. So, you know, same, same type of thing with the negative, negative behaviors is, you know, saying the behavior over and over again or correcting the same thing over and over to the same result. You're not getting anywhere. You're not going anywhere. You're not having a new skill learned by your dog. All you're doing is frustrating them and making behavior, if anything, more frenzied of a behavior. It's true. Um, you're just adding emotion. You're putting gasoline on a fire. Completely, completely. That's, that's what it is. You know, you yell, you scream. And yeah, do we all lose our tempers every once in a while? Of course, I'm human. You know, if I have a headache and I bend down and my dog barks at me, I'm like, shut up. That hurt. Like, you know, things happen. But that's you know, one case scenario versus a repetitively overcorrection, overcorrection, overcorrection to the same 
scenario every single day and it, it doesn't improve. And instead, you know, my, my personal thing that I really, really enjoy is games, turning everything into a fun game and making my dogs like really enjoy those games. And, you know, my pug is very, very, uh, pig-headed and we've had our differences and had our outs and everything. <laughs> for an example. We all have our personal battles with a dog at some point in time. Um, Kiara happened to be mine early on teaching me really how to be a better dog trainer because I had to learn to listen to her. Um, and I think that's a lot, uh, something that miss, is missing from a lot of dog trainers up and coming that they think, oh, because I love dogs, I can train. <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry. You really. Sorry. I'm good. Really, it's love, true. I'm good. Loving dogs from afar. Keep dog loving dogs from afar because it really, it's more about, more than about the love. Like it's about the listening and it's about the understanding and giving your dogs a chance to tell you what they need and what they're trying to accomplish with you. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. Cooperation. Yeah. Communication. Yep. It's key. It's key to every relationship. Positive and positive always going to win. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think I'm just going to sort of jump in and, and take over the conversation for just half a second to say, um, people listening to us may completely disagree with our opinions oh, and God. there are going to be people out there, especially who want to work with animals in ways that the three of us would be like, uh, uh-uh. uh, um, I think the, the video going around the internet right now is a perfect example. Um, and although I'm apparently getting into a Facebook fight over it right now, which is ironic because me and the person I'm fighting with, um, are on the same page, but we're too busy fighting over it anyway. Yay, social media. But my point I want to say is that we all love dogs. We all do. The person that we may be looking down our nose at loves dogs. Probably as much as we do. It just comes down to access to information, um, ethical conviction. Um, some people will call it ideology. I prefer to call it science, but science. <laughs> um, you know, and experience. A lot of what the three of us are dealing with is not just ignorant owners that our hearts bleed for because we know that they want the best for their animals. We're also banging our heads against desks because we're dealing with other professionals that we know have access to this information. Or if they don't, they should have the wherewithal to ask for help. Um, and that's what's so hard in our field because our field is very, very judgy. And it's partially because it's unregulated and it's unlicensed. And there's just a lot of people out there with a lot of bad attitudes and it makes people afraid to ask questions. So it's, it's, I don't, I don't envy anybody who wants to get into the field of animal behavior or training or anything like that, because when you're dealing with a field that's unregulated and our relationship with animals and the ethics and the welfare that surrounds that is still so gray and muddy, um, it's a minefield. So, I mean, I do understand that we all stand on the same platform of we all love dogs. And that's where we keep going. So anyway, I've just completely grabbed that. Go ahead, guys. Pick it up where you want. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Do we have another thing? Do you, want, do you want to do another thing? I just want to know if you guys had any other thoughts on that one. We probably can't go too far into another thing because I think we're going to get, we're going to go way too long. The fact that if anybody's still listening, they must be doing like a cross-country road trip right now. Or they've listened to us a few times at this point to get through the entire podcast. Yeah, you did it. It is fun, though. I mean, we could go on and on and on. But I'd also prefer not to have to edit anything out because I think you guys have provided some really great info. Um, I'm hoping to, if I edit anything, it's going to be like a parrot screaming in the background that nobody wants to hear. They could have been pretty good with bird noises, actually. They have been really good. Well, they, they screamed when we logged on before I started recording. Yeah, they got it all out of their system. So yeah. Well, Caitlin, do you have anything to add? I think that pretty much wraps everything up. Okay. Well, I'm going to then throw in um, just a little bit more information. So, again, you're listening to the Couch Wolves podcast. And our topic for today was bad training advice. And in many ways, the solutions to all of this bad advice. We could certainly do probably five more on this topic. And we very well might um, as we move along. Um, some of these top, some of these thoughts we've had could probably be their own shows. So we appreciate you listening. We'd love to hear your thoughts. If you'd like to talk about our podcast, the best place to talk to us about it is on the couch wolves forum. There will be, um, as soon as this launches and you can hear it, a section in our public forum, it's public forum, 
um, where you guys can come on and talk about a show and give us your thoughts and give us your feedback so that we can produce, you know, really great content for you. This is where you get our unadulterated, un, pretty much unedited. I'm only, I'm not going to edit out anything interesting. I'm going to edit out background noise. Um, so unedited opinions about things. Um, we're going to be honest because frankly, our field needs a lot more transparency and we know that life of primitive dogs is ignored all the time by professionals and science. <laughs> anyway, so thank you again for listening. Um, please. I, I don't know about rating. You know, you hear it all the podcasts. You know, please rate us and please give us five stars and please tell us amazing things. I'm if wherever you listen to us, if you'd like to say something nice, we'd certainly appreciate it. Um, but we're not going to bug you about that. You know, we just want you to enjoy our content. Give us feedback. Give us new things to talk about. We'll try and be on here as often as possible. Um, I know Katie and I have talked about like card podcast, car, excuse me, not card, car po podcasts um, at some point, just because we have amazing vehicular conversations. So anyway, thank you again for listening. And we hope to uh, hear from you soon and talk to you next time. Take care.